0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Hey, good morning, guys. This is Pastor Ryan. I am uh, excited to be able to start a brand new message series this morning. In the midst of COVID concerns and social distancing, we've we've all had to kind of refigure how to do life. Uh, Just last night, I ordered... uh, uh, Olive Garden and had to go to the location, and I noticed there was 15 other cars there. Restaurants are empty. Parking lots are full. We've just had to refigure how to do all of life. So my, my hope is, is that we're going to jump into the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to help encourage you and equip you to get through what we're all going through. While there is a real concern to interact with others, we still need to move forward in the faith and we can't simply isolate lose hope and not help in a time like this we need each other more than ever god hasn't abandoned our world and the world will be restored as normal one day again together we're going to come together as a church a community a state and a country and not simply survive but we're going to have to figure out how to thrive And I believe God's Word can help us do that. Today what I want to do is begin this new series to unpack practical truths from the book of Ephesians on how to live intentionally as a single, as a married couple, as a parent, as an empty nester, as a kid, as an employee, an employer or simply as a Christian who just wants to wake up every day while there's breath in our lungs and blood flowing through our body to make it a better day. In this series, I'm going to address just how to live in the personal life and in the family life and in the work life and in the spiritual life. And Leslie and I want to help in this series In living intentionally and by answering emails to encourage you. So you can email leslie at northvalleychurch.org or ryan at northvalleychurch.org. And we'd love to help encourage you, pray for you in any way that we can. So we'll be answering emails uh, Monday through Thursday every week just to encourage and equip you in any way that we can Additionally, I'm gonna do a 10-minute Facebook Live every day of this week, Monday through Thursday at 1.30, just to do real life, to encourage you. I'll be reading a devotional that I wrote that accompanies this message series as well, so you can see that all online. But hey, in the midst of all this, what I wanna to say to you is just listen, we're still gonna have fun in this time. And so, you know, you've got a great pastoral team and ministers. Um, I've got a fun picture to show you of our guys right here. You can see that these guys are, they're going to stay committed to our values, faith, family, friends, and fun. Additionally, at home, I want to share with you a funny video. I mean, I know for you parents, you're kind of maybe thinking like, what am I going to do with my kids during this crazy time? Well, my encouragement is just to figure out how to have fun in the midst of this. Uh, It's a lot for an adult to take in this whole COVID crisis deal. And it's even more for a kid. My encouragement to you is try to figure out just how to have fun. Here's a funny little video of my son teaching my daughter how to dance. Check this out, real quick. I got this new dance for y'all called Soldier Boy. got a punch, then crack back three times from left to right. Soldier Boy! hey let's jump into god's word together we're in ephesians chapter 5 verses 8 through 14 and we're going to finish out the book of ephesians so let me let me pray for us and we're going to jump right in heavenly father i thank you for this morning for all those that are watching online lord in a time like this there's more than ever the need to hear from your word so i do pray that we would take these truths and apply them into our lives And God, I thank you ahead of time for the truth and the transformation that takes place as we rely upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the passage that we're going to be reading today, the Apostle Paul is addressing the church to live as light. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14, it says this, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What I wanna do today is I wanna talk to you about how do you live as light in a dark world? It is crucial, one of the greatest objections to the Christian faith is hypocrisy in the church. People care more about what we do than what we say. As Christians, we've got to realize that our, our behavior matters tremendously because it reflects our beliefs. Today, what I want to do is I want to teach you the importance as a Christian as to live in the light. There are five different practical truths I think that we can apply into our lives based on that passage I just read. Number one is I want to challenge you to remember who you are. The Bible says that according to Ephesians in verse eight, it said, for at one time you were darkness, meaning this is what you were. You were living in darkness, living in sin, but now you are light in the Lord and walk as children of light. You know, it's interesting that in Ephesians 5.8, there's a comparison between darkness and in light. And what you have to do as a believer is remember just who you are. Your identity matters most in the time of a crisis and a time of challenge. All throughout Ephesians, there's this encouragement that I think is important for even us as a church uh, at North Valley and all the churches right now that might be facing a significant level of discouragement and uncertainty. Remembering who you are can help propel you forward through your problems and your challenges. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul uh, addressed the church in Ephesus and did not call them sinners. He said, to all the saints in Ephesus... He's reminding them of their position theologically and biblically that before God, positionally, we are saints. You may think of yourself as a sinner, and while that is true, it is also important to remember that you are a saint in God's eyes. Why? Because of the work of Jesus Christ. You need to remember who you are. You need to remember that you are, as Ephesians 1.5 says, is that you were adopted into God's family. You're not simply just an orphan. What the Apostle Paul wants us to do, and it is important for us all as Christians to do, is to remember who you are. You are light, you are a saint, and you are adopted into God's family. You are not orphaned, but you are adopted. Additionally, in Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul wants to remind us that we need to remember who we are and saying that we are God's workmanship. I said earlier that God doesn't, he's not a cookie cutter. He's a craftsman. He created you, formed you, fashioned you, made you, prepared you, and purposed you. You are his workmanship. You are not scrap lumber, scrap material. You are his workmanship. In a time like this, you have to, to live in this light, to live in a, in a world where there's darkness and discouragement, you have to remember who you are as a Christian You are God's child, and every child resembles at some level their father. If you were to look at a picture of my son, you you would say, that's a spitting image of you, Ryan. I've heard that so many times. What the Apostle Paul says is that you you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, and then he says, walk as children in the light. He's saying walk because a lot of us, maybe we can't run walk is a an indication for it's a way of living and the way we should live you and i need to walk as we are what are we we are light we are saints we are adopted and we are god's workmanship this all has been in ephesians helping you understand your god-given identity you are have a divine design in who you are. And once you understand your design, you can understand more of your destiny. What I wanna do is help you not only remember who you are, but I want you, number two, to live in the light. You have to clarify your convictions. In a time when there's a lot of question on what's right and what's wrong, or should we do this as a family, or should we do that, uh, we've got to clarify our convictions. The Bible teaches us that if we spend time with the Lord, then the natural cultivation of the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in our life will cultivate fruit that will give us some wisdom in judgment. In verse 9, it says, for the fruit of, of the light is found in all that is good, right, and true It's important to remember to clarify your convictions. I've said this before. It's important the more you can clarify your convictions, the faster you can speed up your decision-making process. If you don't have clarity on your convictions, then you exacerbate indecisiveness, insecurities, uncertainties, fears, and anxiousness. In this passage, we learn that as we are growing and walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are going to find goodness, righteousness, and truth. You've got to determine as a believer what is good versus bad. When you're watching a movie, when you're listening to lyrics, when you're being encouraged to do something that may be concerning to you, you have to remember you have been sealed and filled by the Holy Spirit, and He is trying to counsel you and convict you of of things that, that could change in your life. You've got to determine right versus wrong, truth versus fake news or falseness. In a time like this, I wanna encourage you to walk in the light, and how do you do so? Number one, you remember who you are. Number two, you gotta clarify those convictions. It's important, the, the stronger your convictions are, the easier that you can say, I'm sorry, that's just not right, that's wrong, I, I don't feel good about that. Uh, I'm sorry, that's bad, this is good, I'm choosing good in this situation. I'm sorry, that doesn't sound true, I, that sounds false, I'm going towards truth. In a time when there's uncertainty and there's lots of insecurity, we've got to clarify our convictions. For my wife and I, we've tried to uh, help our family uh, circle around values, faith, family, friends, and fun. And they're the values that we've brought into the church to say, hey, what's important for us? It's our faith. It's it's the family. It's friendships, and it's fun. So in a time like this, we have to say, you know, when the world's going crazy and everything seems to go dark, we want to live as light in the world. We're going to clarify our convictions and clarify our values, and we're still going to figure out how to move forward in our faith, build together a stronger family, still figure out friendships. When everybody's saying social distancing, and I understand that is a great need, but we've got to, figure out in social distancing how to be digitally social to keep our friendships and to keep fellowship in the midst of this. And then, and despite it all, we still need to figure out how to have fun. Jesus said he came to give life and to give it abundantly. I want that abundant life right now. I need help in the hard time. I need hope to get me through what I'm going through. You need this in the middle of what you're going through. a a, a bit of humor, a bit of fun in the midst of it. You gotta figure out how to just keep being you and be all that God has created you to be. You are light of the world. You are a saint called by him. You are adopted into his family and you are his workmanship. And number three, I wanna encourage you to do this is to aim to please. And you say, well, who should I please? Who you should please is your heavenly father. The Bible says in verse 10, it says, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Recently, my one of my kids uh, was tasked with the responsibility of taking out the trash, and it could be a bit frustrating as a parent if you're always having to nag them to do their chore. And I won't say who this child is, but He was in the video earlier. Well, okay, so I said who he is. But my point in saying all this is that as a child, uh, we're asking our kids to figure out what's pleasing to the parent and try to do that ahead of time. There's a difference between obedience and pleasing. And as a Christian, what God wants us to do is seek to please him. Pleasing is about being proactive, not reactive. If I have the heart and the mindset that I want to aim to please my heavenly father, then I'm thinking ahead of time, all the time, how can I be pleasing to God? Is obedience important? Yes, it is. But obedience is, is at one level, you're trying to fulfill the request that was being made by the person above you. Pleasing is taking it a step further and saying, before this person even asked me, before my Heavenly Father even reveals this to me, I'm moving in the disposition and the heart uh, reality that I want to ple- be pleasing to my Heavenly Father. My question to you is, would you seek to please the Lord at a time like this? Maybe each day you say to your Heavenly Father, Father, today's a new day. How could I be pleasing to you today? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit does speak, and He does counsel, and He does encourage, and He does convict, and He will guide you. He is the guide. And so, and the Word is there for us, that as we uh, saturate our, our minds with the truth of God's Word, and God's people, and God's Spirit, we not only clarify our convictions, but we learn how to please the Lord better. Right now, in a time like this, if we're going to live in the light and be a light, then we ought to be walking in a manner, not simply to check the list of a Christian obedience and duty and responsibility, but seeking to say, God, my heart is yours. I, I want to please you. And in, in this, it's, it's the heart of a child, I think, that the Apostle Paul is challenging us to. It's very interesting, and uh, there's this constant metaphor in the Christian life that we're called to be, uh, have childlike faith, and our Heavenly Father has not lost control, and our Heavenly Father uh, has, knows best for us even when we don't understand. So in a time such as this, my encouragement to you is aim to please. Fourthly, I'd like to challenge you to expose the darkness. Take no part, the Bible says, in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. It's important that you expose this darkness, not only in yourself, but in others. In yourself, you may need to ask the Lord, if if there's anything grievous in me, lead me into the way of the everlasting, like the psalmist says. In others, you may need to ask uh, to um, reprove somebody. And it's never easy. How do you do that? Well, sometimes you just have to speak up and say something when you see something out of line. And here the Apostle Paul is challenging believers not to judge the world around them, but other believers, maybe with your spouse or your kids or your coworkers, you see things that shouldn't be going on, we're being challenged as believers to expose the darkness. You say, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I get it, I understand. But if you are light, it comes naturally because light always repels darkness. Have you ever walked into a conversation and everyone's kind of cussing and there's crude language going on and everybody knows that you're a Christian and then suddenly you walk up into the conversation and all of a sudden it changes? And then everybody starts talking like really nice. And then you you hear stuff like, hey, how's church going? And the conversation changes. I can remember different times when I've been on an airplane and I've been uh, riding on an airplane and folks are ordering lots of drinks and they're talking about this or that. And I'm a little uncomfortable because I know it's coming. They're going to ask me, so what do you do for work? And then when when we get to that point, the conversation dies. The conversation goes silent and it's just about over and somehow, some way, they just got real sleepy and they're going to bed. The reality is, is as a Christian, the moment you step into a room with unbelievers and the world around you, the darkness is exposed. Why? Because you are light and light always repels darkness. It reveals. The reality is, is that you and I have got to expose this darkness. Maybe there's some dark areas in your life right now that if, if somebody had the passcodes to everything, every digital device that you had, you would be embarrassed or ashamed. In a time like this, I want you to know that the church must shine as light. The exhortation from the Apostle Paul is to be the light of the, of the world, to walk as children of light. What will happen in a time like this when the world's spinning a bit out of control and it feels that way, uh, the Christians will be judged not for the good news, but for the good works. Because everybody wants to know, what is the church going to do? How should the Christians live? And they're not judging us based on our adherence or belief or acknowledgement to the good news of Jesus Christ. They're watching our good works. They're watching your behavior. They're watching how you interact with other people. They're looking at your life of integrity. They're wondering, are you going to do the right thing when no one's looking? And so right now in a time like this, my challenge to you is, would you expose the darkness in your own life? Maybe give somebody else the passcodes and let somebody have full access. Uh, maybe maybe in your own life, you, you take a look and you go, God, is there anything offensive in me or dark? I want this to be changed. I want to expose it to, to the truth of your word and your ways. When I go to the airport and I, I have luggage and I check it in um Every time I, I, I get there, I, we've gotta check in our luggage and we've gotta kinda of run it through the scanners and there's always, a, I have no concern that they're gonna find something in my bag that shouldn't be there. I'm not afraid that I've got some bomb or I've got some uh, crazy chemical uh, reactor in there. And there is complete transparency in that moment. And how embarrassing is it? And I don't know what those people see when you walk through there and then they scan you like this. I'm like, I am a little exposed at that point in time, wondering what can you really see at that point in time? And, but there's a reality I understand that I've got nothing to hide. And the truth is, is that before God, we can't hide anything. And as Christians, you and I have to expose this darkness. And the world is watching and looking. So how do you expose it in others? What a challenge that is. I'll give you a couple of practical points. Number one, this is not in your message notes or on the screen, but to expose the darkness in others, you've got to speak up. You've got to say something. When you see something that's out of line or wrong in the life of another believer, we're not being exhorted to do this to non-believers. This is for the family of God, the people of God. But we've got to speak up. We've got to say something. Why? Because God wants to use other people in our lives to sanctify us, to sharpen us, to strengthen us. We've got to speak up and say something uh, to, to that person. The Bible tells us that we're to do it with gentleness, though that we're not to be abrupt. We can speak the truth in love, and we've got to remember the in love part. When I confront my wife, or when I confront my kids, or or co-workers about something that may be going on with my kids, I always want to try to do that in private. Have you ever tried to reprimand maybe an older sibling, and then there's a younger sibling watching? How embarrassing is it for that older sibling? What I encourage you to do is when you're, when you're confronting somebody that you confront in private, you, you don't do it in public all the time. You, you pull them aside. Maybe it's an employee or a worker or another Christian and just and rather than doing it in public, you, you could do it in private. Additionally, you want to you be able to stand out as a believer. You, you want to make sure that you have done everything you can do to be in the right Uh, that you don't have any uh, major sins in your life before you're starting to point out other people's sins. The challenge is in this time where there's a lot of uh, uh, families gathering in homes, we're going to see more of the the challenges and the struggles in our kids and our spouses, and we're going to have to relearn how to communicate as co-workers uh, in this time frame. And as believers, we're to expose that darkness, not only in ourselves, but also in the lives of others. My encouragement is to keep the big picture in mind. We want to build people up. We don't want to break them down. Last but not least, the Apostle Paul uh, says that we need to uh, shine as light, that we need to shine as light. Um, He calls us children of light, that we are are light and that uh, we're no longer darkness, but we are light. Jesus said this. He says, you are light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. This is the uh, individually, you and I are light collectively collectively, and collaboratively and corporately. We are a light to the city, to the world around us, the church. Verse 15 says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Let your good deeds, notice that, shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. It's interesting that Jesus chose good deeds in that moment. He did not say good news. Why? Because the world is waiting to see the good deeds that we do. We will be judged as a church, not by our good news, but by our good works. In a time like this, I want to encourage you to shine as light. Don't hide the light. God called you to be light. Be that light. And don't as well shine the light simply in the daylight. Many Christians try to be their Sunday best on Sunday. What the world needs more than ever is your best Monday through Saturday. Because on Sunday is the day where oftentimes believers are congregating together, coming together, and we put on our Sunday vest. And what we need to realize is that the, the light doesn't shine so bright in the daylight. When we're around a lot of believers, the light is bright. Where the light matters the most is in the darkness. So I remember a story hearing about World War II planes, um, They could fly into these. They would fly into these very, very dark uh, uh, regions of the of the earth, and and they were the soldiers were told on the ground not even to light one match because if they were to light one match, enemy planes could see 11 miles away just one match. The reality is is that you are a light. Many people today say they don't know, they don't have a Christian friend. They they don't know a genuine Christian as a personal friend. In the workplace, remember that you are called to shine as light. In a time like this, people are watching our good works more than they're watching our good news. We've gotta stand strong as a church and remember the importance of the good uh, news and the good works that we are called to do. So how can we be a light? In a recent uh, email that I had sent out, some communication, I walked through a number of different things that we should be focusing on. I talked about our time, our talent, our treasure, our testimony, and our teamwork, and I want to take just a minute to refresh you about that. First, when it comes to time, we can be a light by giving our time. I asked if you would consider hosting a neighborhood group or a small group in your home or maybe outside maybe to watch a a watch party or to attend an online service together. Um, And in a time like this, when it's a deep concern, I understand we're telling all of our neighborhood groups, it's up to your discretion whether you gather or not. But what we're saying is use your time at least in a social distancing time to be digitally social. It's crucial during this time that we utilize our time not simply to isolate, but figure out how we can connect with others Use your time to honor God. Ask God right now, Lord, what would be pleasing to you with this time? Uh, Just recently, we had a number of volunteers contact us and say, hey, I've got time. Uh, My work schedule has changed. I'm at home. I want to be productive. What can I do to help? And um, that, that, that's important in a time like this to figure out a way that you could use your time to be uh, an opportunity to connect with other people, maybe if it's just digitally or whatnot. Additionally, with your talents, many of you have great gifts. In a time like this, we're reshuffling, reorganizing, reshaping the way we do ministry and the way we do church. You, you, you can offer your services at North Valley to help facilitate numerous things that are going on in our community, the office, the campus, our ministry, our missions outside of these public gatherings, uh, That uh, uh, larger public gatherings of, of 10, and that's a large gathering as of right now. Uh, additionally, you, you, we want to provide resources maybe for you if you are, are figuring out that you have a gift or some resources and you have uh, a talent for research and can help maybe provide resources for parents that are at home with kids and all the things that are going on, utilize those talents, offer those talents to the church in this time. Additionally, in talent is, is treasure. I wanna challenge you to continue or maybe start giving online because in a time like this, the natural tendency is to hoard food and to hoard finances. In a challenging time like this, I'm thinking of all the different things that we need to be doing to preserve and to protect and to see our church continue to prosper in a difficult time like this. Many of you, uh, more than 70% of our church gives online, and that's very, very helpful when, when the church isn't gathering. You can continue to use your resources to fuel and to fund ministries. In a time like this, we're working harder all of our staff are working harder. Um, we're, we're, we're saying we'll do anything and everything. If it's doing custodial work, facility work, uh, reshaping how we do all of our ministries, that's what we're doing right now. So know that we're doing all that we can do as a church to minimize expenses and continue to fund and fuel our ministries and our missions. Testimony. I talked about the importance of being a testimony. I want to encourage you to be in prayer and be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. That was the passage from 1 Peter I spoke on last week. Many are going to be frightened and seeking answers in uncertain times. Begin to work on your testimony and help other people find hope. So how do you do that? you got to be connected to the hope giver. Ask God to fill you up with a new fresh sense of hope in your own life. And then last is, is teamwork. Uh, this means uh, being a part of a team. Find a way to be on a team. If you were previously on a ministry team at the church, uh, continue to find a unique way to make a contribution towards the ministry and the missions of what we're doing here. It's gonna take teamwork for us to work together, not only in our existing ministry teams, but figuring out new ministry teams that we're going to have to form as an effort. I wanna encourage you to think about things like a food drive. We have posted some some supplies that you could gather on your own time uh, on our social media page. Uh, I encourage you as well as a kind of national news is, is breaking out and they're communicating the importance for maybe donating blood. Maybe some of you would, would be willing to do that. Additionally, you could do things like uh, uh, offer gift cards to a friend in need. While it's, people are a little afraid sometimes of meeting and interacting in person, think about gift cards. And, and, and lastly, I would say is just pray for our church. Uh, pray for our church, in, and we're exploring and, and asking how can, in a time like this, how could we corporately come together and pray together in this time? And I'll be sharing more news and updates of how we might be able to come together corporately, but on a daily basis, I would encourage you to be praying for our church. Well, before we go, what I want to do is I want to give you a praise report um, about some good news uh, on our uh, Mexico missions. Uh, we decided in light of all that was going on and the concern for border uh, restrictions and whatnot, and if you see the news, that's all happening now. And uh, the reality is is that uh, we, we had made a promise to a family uh, that we were gonna build a house and then um, we pulled out at the last second and said we're not gonna be able to come down. Um, I wanna give you a praise report. I asked uh, Scott from the, our mission partner down in Mexico, about an update and the efforts to help build that home. Um, the good news is, is that they're making progress. Uh, the land is, is prepped, the floor uh, is, is being formed, and uh, the, the base has been laid. And, and what's really cool about this is that the family has been on the list for four years uh, to, to receive a house build. And the reason why they were uh, unable to, to get that house built is because they were tr- one of the commitments or the priorities or requirements to get a house built is that uh, the land has to be theirs. That land has to be free and clear of the families. And so they just got clarity on that uh, in the last few weeks, and they're so excited. And the irony and the providence of God in all this is the last name of the family is Corona. In all of this craziness of COVID-19, the family's name is Corona. Um, I got an email from Scott. Here's a picture of the family that we're building the house for. Um, they've got a beautiful family. I want to ask that you pray for the Corona family. You will not forget that name. Um, pray for them. And uh, Scott writes me an email and says this. The dad of the house has been a local police officer for about 10 years. And then he goes on to say, everything's going great. All the foundations being poured. It's moving along. We're making lots of progress. We'll send you pictures as we go along. However, I'm hoping to get a a free pass on speeding tickets from now on. So he says, I'll send you pictures as we make progress. So guys, know that we are making a difference, that you're giving um, your contributions. We had a large gift come in from the Hope Offering to be able to make that uh, build possible. In a time like this, um, let's continue to move forward. Let's continue to shine the light of Jesus Christ in our world and beyond. Um, Before we leave today, what I wanna do is I wanna show you a video of the Mexico mission trip from last year to see how the house is built from start to finish. And I want you to use this time to just watch and then pray for the Corona family and pray uh, for God's work to be done in in our Mexico mission trip partnership. And I wanna thank all of you who gave financially to the hope offering at any point in time and know ahead of time that our hope offering helps bring hope to those who need it the most. So it's through your generous giving that that was even possible. So let's pray. Take some time this morning, right now, uh, to pray for the family. And then I'll be back in just a minute. Hey guys, great being with you this morning. Uh, listen, we'll keep you posted as uh, week by week. And I just want to close out with giving you an encouragement out of Psalms 91. This uh, chapter has been a uh, really a, a beacon of hope for me and my family and for many in our church. But I'll read it to you in closing. It says in Psalms 91, one through three, it says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. To Christ be the glory in the North Valley. This is Pastor Ryan. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.